Excited to be here with David Manica today on the Career Pro Inc. podcast to talk about trends in management and leadership. Things you need to know. Why, I, gosh, is this a subject that we talk about all the time? You hear, oh, leadership. Oh, we're going to talk about leadership again. Okay, I'm coming from a little bit of a perspective yeah. that maybe I'm a skeptic, but I know how good you are, David, and I know you got something in mind for us today. What do you have in mind? Well, the first thing is your audience. So we're talking to your audience, which is people who are either looking to change their career, looking to pivot off their career, or looking for ways to build up their career. So from that perspective, they may not know all the trends because they're not experiencing it. And what's going on is a drastic transformation from a hierarchical model to a flat model. All right, is this, now this is, this is to you really new. This is an old school leadership no, development. Not at I, all. This is completely all right, so different. Help Help us kind of define the landscape that we're in today in 2021. Yeah. So this type of leadership structure came out of the Agile movement. But even before the Agile movement, it came out, it came out from two professors at the Kennedy School of um, Business at Harvard, Martin Lipsky and Roy Heifetz, around something called adaptive leadership. So what we're talking about here is that as the world speeds up, and the big term you're going to hear is VUCA, volatility, uncertainty, complexity, and ambiguity. As that speeds up, we can all see it. The, man, the idea of command and control, metrics-driven leadership, the leader tells you what to do and you go do it, is too slow. And the leaders don't know enough to be able to provide the right direction. And lastly, it's the team that has the knowledge, not the leader. So how can the leader make decisions and tell you what to do when you know more about the situation than the leader does. Let me interject this. Has the, the pandemic issues increased this trend, slowed it down? What has that done to I all of I think the pandemic has slowed it down a little bit because of the tri we're, we're tribe-type human beings. We like to be around each other. And Microsoft just came out with a research study that showed that they have gotten siloed and there hasn't been as much cross-pollination in the organization because of this current trend. So I think okay. because of COVID. But the current trend that was going on, and we'll come back, is that we want the worker to manage themselves. So if I am looking for a job, well, most likely you're going to be looking for a professional job. Mm -hmm. And then that professional job, you got to bring to the table the ability to be responsible for yourself. And this is what adaptive leadership and talks about, is that you lead at the point at which you work. So basically, you're taking responsibility for your actions. You are taking responsibility to understand the organizational structure, the politics of the organizational structure, influencing through that. And it's challenging because before... You could have a job where you never had to think. You do mm -hmm. your function and the manager tells you what to do. You do your function, the manager tells you what to do. And you never had to take responsibility for the output and the value you created. I see. So when we saw this a long ago, I remember with clients, like it, I'm just picking IBM because they're huge. Mm -hmm. I mean, some talented, super strong people, but in some of those organizations at these bigger companies, it was... Here's what you need to do next, 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 yes. next. 
What, all right, when did this change? Is there any kind of time frame to this? Yeah, and, it really and, and, started getting hot, I would say 2000, 15, 2016. So a little um, bit after the like the recession. Yeah, a little bit after the recession. So this is really new. This is new. So one of the terms is called this holacracy. Holacracy versus hierarchical. Yes, and it's a flattening. Zappos did this flattening process as well. There's a few other case studies out there. What's what's a company that's done this? Just we Zappos. Have that. Okay. Zappos is a perfect example of flattening the organization out, getting rid of management positions making people lead themselves, mm. having teams move around, you know, flowing and, and being able to control the type of work you do as long as the work is meeting the output and meeting the value, may not meeting the output, but meeting the outcomes and the value that the organization is trying to achieve. So putting this into a little bit of a box for your listeners, the first thing that a person who is looking for a job in the professional environment should look at business agility. Mm-hmm. And they look at business agility, one of the best places to go is IC Agile. Okay. And IC Agile has a website that talks about the skills of the new professional from an agile perspective. And they have a leadership track that starts off with leading yourself and then leading others around this concept. So first, leading yourself. You've got to take responsibility for the outcomes now. Almost like a salesperson. Even if you're a project manager, even if you're an engineer, even if you're a line worker, the requirement now is you may not have a manager. Mm. You may be expected to maintain the work you do, be accountable for the work you do, and achieve the outcomes and the value that the organization is working at. So that's the business agility side of it. And if, even if you're coming out of college now, oh, they, they, they may have trained you on this. May, they may not. They have, have not. They okay. have not. They have not. MBA, MBAs have not been trained on this. Very few. Okay. And But if what if you're, hey, I'm in my 40s, I'm in my 50s, whatever, and here's what I've done. I've been effective, but now I'm in a little bit of a career transition. Why do I need to pay attention to this? Because most of the jobs in the bigger companies are going to have some type of agile Function specifically in IT and technology, but it's also moving into marketing. It's also moving into HR, mm-hmm. and it's also moving to finance. I've seen so, this too. And the term that we talk about is self self organization, self management, mm-hmm. and that's one of the tenets of an agile structure. And so, looking up and understanding what self organization is, and really, it ultimately comes back to that accountability word. Word. Wow. So you are responsible for your output. You're in outcomes. You are responsible to understand the organizational's goals and objectives. You're responsible to be able to accept the organizational goals and, 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 and goals and vision or move on. Mm-hmm. And then ultimately, you have the power to ask for the things you're not getting. If you're not getting goals, you ask for those goals. If you're not, you don't understand the vision, you ask for that vision. So it goes both ways. And that's why it's hard because the hierarchical organizations with a large middle management organization are very scared of this because they're losing their influence, they're losing their power, and they don't know how to transition from a manager who manages by metrics, Mm -hmm. who manages by command and control, to a manager who coaches, who supports, who helps the team break down barriers. And that's really where true, if you're gonna get into true management of people, it's no longer telling the people what to do. It's setting up a vision, 
setting up a goal, articulating that vision and goal properly, monitoring it, showing results, and then breaking down barriers that the team has. A team will make decisions about what they do, how they do it, who works on what themselves. But they run into problems, the manager needs to fix it. So learning leadership concepts, relearning, if you're older saying, look, I need to start thinking this way, yes. is going to benefit your career, is bottom line. Is bottom line, saying. and it's a major transformation in the way you think, the way you see the world. Really, when you look at the agile mindset and you look at the adaptive leader mindset, it's telling somebody that they have to rethink you know, how they're structured in the organization, their responsibility in the organization, and then what they're accountable for now. This seems like a lot of pressure on me if I'm someone who is, you know, I'm trying to find a way out of all this pressure. I just want to be a part of the team. You're saying we all have to be mini leaders. <laughs> is, that's, you hit it on the head. So this is part of the problem is I'm making $80,000 a year. I'm a good professional, but I don't have to take responsibility for anything. Now you come along and tell me, my manager's gone, I'm working in this team, the team is going to hold me accountable, I have to hold other team members accountable, I have to be responsible, I have to talk every day for five minutes about what I'm doing and what I didn't do. It freaks people out because, oh my God, I've never had to do that. Now there's other folks who always wanted that. Who wanted right. to have that ownership and want? Well, they to have said it. they've wanted it. Now they're getting it. Now they're getting it. Yeah, and there are people that do thrive in it. Okay. Some, but it just depends on the mindset. And so when you try to do these transformations, it, when a company is trying to make the transformation, they try to take it from a science perspective. They go and say, "All right, we'll learn the processes, we'll learn the framework, we'll learn how to do it," but they don't think about the mindset of the organization. And we know from product strategy that 33% of the people take it right on, 33% of the people jump if they see it work, and 33% of the people wait until the bitter end. And, this, and that happens internal projects, internal transformations, as well as external projects. I'm going to throw a zinger at you. How have you had to change your mindset in doing the work that you do? Maybe in the last five years. Oh, God, it was huge. For me, I, had, I, I really had to stop thinking I was the brains of the organization and I was going down the organization telling the organization what to do. And I had to change to have a group of leaders who are also professionals and direct, guide, and support them and also let them make mistakes. Now, I was always managed hierarchically, right? So when I first got experience with Agile, I thought the self-organization thing was impossible. And in a lot of cases, it is because human beings, we, we work and adapt within a group, but then we'd like to pick a leader, mm. representative form of government. Mm -hmm. you know, we, we pick somebody to represent us, and then that, we give up the authority and let that person decide. So we're used to that. You see what happens when that happens in exactly. politics. We're not taking any sides here, folks. There's but. very few times where it's a true one-to-one <laughs> -one vote, unless you're doing a bond issue or something in California. Right. So ultimately, this comes down to a significant mind shift. And it comes down to a significant mind shift. Again, I keep saying it, though, about how much accountability you're willing to take, you know, how much responsibility are you willing to take? And then ultimately, can you be autonomous? Can you, can you create your own work? Like, you know, as a salesperson, you have to create your own work to be successful. Mm -hmm. But as a professional, most times you're given 
but now that's changed. You have to create it based on your understanding of where the value and the outcomes need to be from what you're working on. What if I'm just hearing this and I go, you know, that's just not in my nature. It's not my personality. You know, I don't think it fits with kind of who I am. Can you, or just, I'm trying to steer away from it. It just sounds like I don't want to have to relearn this. Then there are, give, there, give some people a little bit of hope that you can't, this can be learned. Oh, absolutely. You don't have to be learned. born with it. It doesn't have to be no, in your DNA, does it? No, it doesn't. And then they, over time you can transform your way of thinking. I mean, how many self-help books are out there that tell us how to transform and negative self-talk and, you know, how to have a positive outlook, you know, and I think they have a process by which they talk about it. And Heifetz was a psychologist. Mm -hmm. So and when he created the adaptive leadership model, he took it from a, from a psychology perspective and an evolutionary biology perspective in how you should set up and organize your structures. If it's good for Zappos and these bigger companies, and eventually this is coming on to a, in, in a lot of ways, and I'm seeing it as well, fast forward a few years from now, why will this be good for us if we have to learn this and, and we use it and, and adapt to it? Uh, why will this be good? A better place to work. Yeah, I mean, will much, it? Yeah, it's a much better place to work because you're empowered. You know, you can see the output that you create that has value and it ties back to outcomes. So many project people within large organizations don't ever know what happened with their project. No, and some of their projects just go die. And when you run these type of structures, you do some pre-testing using lean startup, using design thinking to test these ideas. And then once the idea goes into production, the production team is still questioning what was designed and changing and adjusting because everything adapts. If the world did not have VUCA, this would not be needed. <laughs> well, you don't, the old days of you know, the general patent hierarchical leadership Drive, drive, drive. The military doesn't does uses this in a form now. You're, oh, yeah. Yeah. oh yeah, because mm -hmm. because of the speed, and it was um, there was a um, fighter pilot in the Air Force that talked about this adaptability model, and I wish I could come up with his name real quick off my head, but um, he initially presented this model of adaptability to Dick Cheney, and that was the first Gulf War. They utilized it, fast, quick. You know, don't wait for command and control, move forward. So it, it, it was really established and then continues to be established. The Marines use it and get taught it constantly. And then, God, I wish I could remember his name, but maybe in the notes we can. We can <laughs> we'll give him in the notes. Don't yeah, worry about that. Yeah, he's an incredibly eccentric and, and wild guy who yeah. had a bunch of acolytes. But ultimately, he presented this adaptability model which is now utilized throughout the military, specifically the Marines. So you say IC Agile, was it? Yeah, so IC that, Agile. That would be a good starting place point. just to maybe, as you listen to this, go back and say, hey, I want to start reading. I'll listen to what you guys are saying because I need to get my head around this. Yes, then you have the Business Agility Institute. Okay. The Business Agility Institute is a good place to go to. Um, adaptive adaptive. Um, Adaptive Leadership, the book is out there from Heifetz and Lipsky, and then certainly SoftEd, the company I work for. We have a number of podcasts on adaptive leadership. We have a number of white papers on adaptive leadership. 
And in the project management world, they just changed their body of knowledge to a more adaptive instead of more of a more of their old framework command and control. So if people listening to this say, you know what, I'm, maybe this will give me a little bit of a career edge. If you start studying these things and you start learning and, and perhaps getting ahead of the trend here, this could be an advantage to your career. If you if you're if you're on the leading edge of this instead of waiting for it to come to me, it's the it's coming, it's coming my way. Oh, significantly. Significantly. Because you can present yourself to these larger organizations who are doing this and understanding and using the language in your interview around, oh yeah, I've self-organized. Here's how I deal with the daily stand-up. Here's how I was able to work and develop velocity. Here's how I negotiated with team members when we ran into a problem. Here's what I think the leader should do in a self-organized construct. You know, and here's how I've seen it work. You know, be able to talk that type of language is going to give you a huge leg up. Oh, that's pretty awesome. Uh, what, what else do we need to be thinking about and, and doing at our jobs now, or what if we're looking for our next career opportunity? We're stealth, we're at our company, but we're looking for our next opportunity. What are some of the signs that the organization may be open to this kind of leadership, or they're moving this way? What, what, what are things that you look for in companies that might say, hey, they're on the progressive move toward this, mm -hmm. or should it just be our responsibility to do what you said and start getting the self-study down, take some soft ed classes, mm -hmm. read, well, the first thing you want to look at with any organization is the language of value and the language of outcome being used. And really, and not just for sales or marketing no, or whatever. No, these... into the whole production okay. environment. I think that's number one. I think number two is does the organization test? How much testing does this organization do? Are they just, okay, we're going to do this and we're just going to do it? Or do they apply the concepts of lean startup, the concept of design thinking, the concept of service design to be able to construct what the future state might be and then test it across multiple variables? If your organization's doing that, then they are moving in that direction. And the last thing is, is any organization that is truly moving, you know, you're seeing them add services, you're seeing them add systems, you're seeing them update their software continuously. You know, so if you go compare banks and one bank's software is old and archaic and hard to get in, and other bank's software is easy and fluid, that bank is most likely using UX service design to analyze, you know, what their users are doing, create some future states, do some tests, and then roll through the production environment based on what the tests and the results say. I love it, David Manica, trends in management and leadership that you need to know now because it will help your future.